You're listening to a Stranger podcast, www.thestranger.com. Hey, this is Dan Savage, and you have successfully downloaded the Savage Love podcast. The number here, if you want to record a question for a future podcast, 206 201 2720. And the Savage Love Podcast, or Savage Love Live, or RL Savage Love, or whatever the fuck we're calling it, is of course the out loud version of my once a week sex advice column, Savage Love, but with a whole different stream of questions, because people call and record, and I uh, record answers, and then we put it up on the website, and you download it at www.thestranger.com, and we do it once a week, uh, whether we like it or not. So here we go. Let's get to the fucking questions. Hi. Um... My name is Erin, and I'm the mother of a small child, and you're the most sex-positive person I know or have heard of. I don't actually know you, and I know you have a kid, too. So I'm just wondering how you deal with and what your advice is for dealing with, like, your child's sexuality. Like, my kid is constantly telling me things that were really open, and I've worked really hard for him, for it not to be a shame thing, you know, for him to be comfortable with his body, et cetera, um... And he's just constantly telling me things about, like, him and his little girlfriend, like, found out what it's like to kiss each other's booty. Today he told me he knows how to nurse his penis. And I'm working really hard at keeping a straight face and emphasizing, okay, these things are private but not bad, etc. However, like, it freaks me the fuck out and I don't know the best way to deal with this calmly and I'm wondering if you have advice. Yeah, I'm totally sex positive. Um, I believe that sex is a good thing in people's lives and people should have sex and people should be open about sex and people should kiss each other's booties if that's what they want to do. And by people, I mean grown people. I think it is not only appropriate, but really kind of necessary, particularly these days, to be a little sex negative with children because sex ain't for children. Uh, With my child, I have a nine-year-old son. With my child, I'm pretty sex negative. I'm also pretty drinking negative. For him, he doesn't get to drink. He knows that we drink and we talk about drinking and he knows that drinking isn't appropriate for children. And we're driving negative. He doesn't get to drive. He doesn't get to experiment with driving. We're skydiving negative. There are all sorts of things that I'm positive for grownups and pro for grownups and really down on and negative uh, with for kids, including, believe it or not, with my fucking potty mouth. I can't get through an intro to Savage Love Live without using the F word three times. I get emails about it every week. People begging me to swear less, which I just want to say, fuck you all for those emails because I can't fucking help it because I have Tourette's. You know, I totally swear. I don't let my kids swear. We're swearing negative. We're profanity negative when it comes to him because it's not appropriate for a nine-year-old. It's not appropriate for a nine-year-old to be nursing his penis. And I would, if my son came in and announced that he'd been nursing his penis... I would be very negative about it. And, you know, you have to balance the fear of giving your kids hangups and ruining them sexually with your kid having no sense of boundaries and your kid ruining himself sexually by getting it over his head too soon or being labeled at 12 as a sex criminal because they had no idea that certain behaviors were inappropriate or not welcome or even criminal and had to learn some sort of sense of self-control and filtering. Hey, Dan. I am a 48-year-old woman, and I am straight, and I am a fan of your show. I um, have considered myself to be quite open and have had lots of awesome sexual experiences with men and women and inanimate objects. I actually have managed to turn out two 
wonderful young women, two daughters in their 20s, who happened to be prudes. And I don't consider that my business or my problem. However, we're open enough and we've discussed things enough that I get the sense that their sex lives are not only fairly vanilla, which is certainly their choice, but that they're not really seeking the kind of pleasure and gratification that I wish they would or that they're not even open to thinking about it. It's like, ooh, icky sex, mom, no. And these are kids who came to me for their birth control and one needed a, uh, some help with a situation and I've always been there and I think I have relatively good boundaries. I don't ask about the details of their sex life and they're really not interested in discussing them with me. But again, there's been enough conversations that I kind of feel like they're both in the notion that their job is to get guys off. So, Dan, without being a weirdly intrusive mom, how do I put in front of them or get to them information that might be helpful to them in starting to expand their thinking about what they deserve in a sexual relationship? And if you tell me that I'm totally back-ass word about this and I should just get out of the way and let them do it themselves, I will be properly chastened. But I do trust your judgment, and I think you might have some good resources for me. Thanks a whole lot. I think you're incredible. So you don't want to be a weirdly intrusive mom. Too late, too late. You're already a weirdly intrusive mom. Uh, I'm glad you like me so much, and it makes me feel bad about what I'm about to say to you. But God, back the fuck off and back the fuck out of these conversations with your daughters. You know, you had your chance to instill in them the sort of pro-sex, pro-kink, pro-non-vanilla, pro-go-after-your-own-sexual-pleasure attitudes that, that, that you wish that they displayed more in their conversations with you. You know, God knows what they're actually doing in their sex lives. We're just talking about their conversations with you. It's not like you're seeing after the fact Monday morning videos of what happened all weekend long and critiquing your daughter's performances or their submissiveness. Like all you're hearing is like these conversations with your daughter. And what it sounds like your daughters are saying is they don't want to talk about it with you anymore. And they have a right to say that, you know, they have a right to decide that they don't want to have these conversations with mom anymore. So, you know, they may be sex negative when they say to you, Ooh, kinky sex, mom. No, like they may just be saying, We don't want to talk about it with you anymore. It makes me uncomfortable now to discuss these things with you anymore. You know, there comes a point in a child's life where they have to separate from their parents. And interference, even in the smallest matters, isn't welcomed. And interference in something as major as sexual expression can seem deeply creepy. And your interest in your daughter's, not just their sex laws, but their sex preferred sex acts or sexual performance, what they're getting out of it, how they relate to their sex partners, all may be striking them, as it struck me, as just a little over-involved, a little too much, a little over the top. So, Mom, you had your chance to instill your sexual values in your daughters. Now, whether they choose to reject them or accept them or they're going to go all sort of Alex Keaton, Republican, conservative family values on your ass, it's really outside of your control and you need to stop trying to control your daughters there's tons of resources out there for young women and men who are looking for sexual information it's all over the web and everyone knows how to find it now everyone knows how to use the internet everyone knows how to use google if your daughters are interested in kinking on vanilla sex they're certainly going to know where to go to get that information about those kinds of sex uh capades 
and you know they're young they you know you may you probably need to look back at your life and say am i what was i doing at 22 what i was doing at 32 what i was doing at 42 what i was doing at 52 like let them be who they are at 22 and maybe like some of the things you think they're missing out on now they'll be experiencing in a decade's time when they're more comfortable with themselves sexually and they may even still then not want to talk to you about it so you may never know and that's fine because you know what mom now it's none of your business hi dan and hi at risk youth um, I have uh, a question, I guess, about parenting, uh, but more specifically about being an adult and questions about, uh, you know, other young people who are in your life. Uh, I am Canadian. I am straight. I am uh, married with two kids. And when it comes to raising my own children and talking about homosexuality, the way I see it is, let's say, the 5% number that some people use. My son, for example, has a 1 in 20 chance of being gay. That means he's got a 19 in 20 chance of being straight and having friends and family members and therefore emotional relationships with people who are gay, so he better be very comfortable with it. My question is about the kids who are around you. Uh, one of my nephews, there's a pretty good chance he's going to be gay. Um, of course, there's a very good, you know, there's also a good chance he's not going to be. He's just, you know, very effeminate. If he was my son, it really wouldn't be an issue. Uh, his parents are doing a slow burn freak out. They're not, they're not, you know, virulently homophobic. They are um, kind of unthinkingly. But I know that they have been trying to, for lack of a better word, straighten out in their own little way, um, my nephew, and it's, it's already affecting him now, like he tries to act less effeminate, but then if you're with him for a while, it, it all comes out. Um, and I kind of want to know what would be the best way as an adult who is kind of, you know, a little bit outside of this to be, to be supportive of him. Uh, like I say, we're Canadian. We live, uh, my wife and I right in a major city. The, the nephew lives outside of that major city and they don't come into the city. So although there is a, you know, gay village that is uh, very simple and easy and, uh, my gay friends who have been here said it's a great place to, you know, Realize your game, be a teenager, and figure that out. And there's really good resources, but not where my nephew is. Not that it's impossible to get into the city, but he's not going to know how to do it uh, unless he's got a specific goal. Those same gay friends said they never, no gay teenager ever wants to hear, I think you're gay, until they have said it to themselves. What are some good ways that adults of, you know, children who are close to their families, uh, who look like, you know, they could be gay, um, what, or if they, you know, in fact, do come out, what are some ways that, you know, adults uh, and, uh, you know, nearby concerned adults uh, can be supportive of them? Uh, thank you very much. Bye. First, I want to say that uh, your nephew's lucky to have you in his life, and he's lucky that you're out there thinking these thoughts and trying to work through this problem for him. Your gay friends are right, though. Uh, the last thing a gay kid who hasn't made up his mind to come out yet, who may not even have hit puberty yet, I don't remember how old the kid was. I don't even know if you told me how old this kid was. Dude, he's not 13 or 14 yet. Uh, that kid is not ready to hear from an adult, hey, I think you're really gay. Even if that kid thinks he's gay, too, that kid may still be in the bargaining stage of the grieving process about realizing he's gay and trying to make a deal with God that, you know, he'll only be gay every 15th time he masturbates if God will make him straight or he's never going to come out because it'll break his mom and dad's heart. So he's just going to, like, try to hide. And if you come at him with, hey, I see you're trying to hide, but you're not fooling me or anybody else, it may just make him 
doubly miserable because then you know he's miserable that he's gay and then he's miserable that he can't hide it or isn't hiding it well enough uh to even fool his uncle that he doesn't see all the time your friends are right so don't go and get up his in his grill about him being gay uh your big plan about having him to the city uh, and inviting him to you know a show or a game and going to dinner in the gay village that's a great plan uh, so long as you don't have to drive 30 miles out of your way to get to the gay village to go to dinner and then drive 30 miles back to the movie theater. Because, uh, again, you don't want to make him feel sort of singled out or that you're behaving strangely because then he's going to feel like there's something strange about him or about his sexuality. Uh, but you do want him to know that there's a big world out there and he doesn't have to live in the suburbs and that there are places where he can be openly gay, places where he can be accepted. You want him to know those things. And I guarantee you, even if he's in the most soulless shithole suburb in the world – he knows that your old gay friends may be telling you how it was when they were kids and they didn't know that, but that was before really what we're seeing now all over the West, which is the full integration of gay and lesbian people, openly gay politicians elected to offices everywhere, gay people all over television and gay issues openly discussed in every day's newspaper and every day on the news and gay crap all over the internet. You know, that kid doesn't live, isn't being raised in a box in his basement uh, by his parents uh, he has access to the wider world. If he has any access to the wider world at all, he knows that there's a place for openly gay people out in that wider world. So really, there's not too much, not as much of a burden on you as you think that there is. What he needs to hear from your mouth, I think, is uh, that you disagree with his parents about homosexuality without just coming right out and saying that to him. So I think what you need to do is when his parents are around and homosexuality or gay issues come up as they often do because, you know, gay marriage makes the news or something happens or Elton John falls down a flight of stairs, that he hears things come out of your mouth that uh, confront or contradict uh, the stuff that falls out of his parents' mouth. So he knows that he has relatives who are cool with the gay issue, that are not buying into the whole God hates gay people and it's a terrible, terrible thing, line of crap that his parents have bought into. And that he knows that there's an adult out there, a responsible adult, a trusted adult, a member of the family adult that he can go to when the shit hits the fan and decides to come out or, as is often the case, decides to run away, uh, often the case with gay kids who have uh, bigoted parents who don't prefer their religious bigotry to their own flesh and blood, that he has a place that he can run away to and that your door is always open. And if you behave, if you if you make an effort to stay in his life because you know he's going to need you, when the time comes, he'll reach out to you. But again, like your friend said, you have to let him do the reaching out to you. Hey, Dan. Um, I'm a 17-year-old, relatively pretty damn queer female-ish person from Indiana. And I have some teenage drama-related questions for you. Um, I have two really, really, really close straight male friends Um both of whom are attracted to me and have been for quite some time. Anyways, um, I actually dated one of them, but that's another story. So with one of them, I want to go camping with him this summer. And my mom is convinced that he and I actually have this, like, secret, horrid affair going on. Um, she's in denial about me being queer. Um, anyways, so is there any way to convince my mom that like he and I aren't going to just start fucking like rabbits the moment that we're staying overnight together somewhere um, without adults. So 
So I kind of hope you answer this. I'd give you my phone number, but I'm not sure how I would explain to my parents that, no, I'm really not sexually active. I just listen to this sex advice podcast. Man, I wish I did have your phone number. I'd love to give you a call. You sound uh, so distressed, just like the first caller today. It sounds like a hostage situation, uh, which is really kind of what it is when you get to be about 17 years old and you legally you feel like an adult, but legally you're not quite an adult. And... Uh, it's distressing, you know, to still be under your parents' control. You're still in high school. You really can't dictate terms to mom and dad. And if mom and dad are unhappy about you going on overnight camping trips with some boy, they may not be able to stop you, but if they find out about it, they can make your life extremely unpleasant. Now, you say your mom's in denial about you being queer. And so, so, you know, you're obviously open with them about the fact that you're a lesbian, I guess, although you say you dated this boy, so perhaps you're bi. So maybe your mom's fears that you may uh, have sex with this boy if you spend the night aren't completely unfounded. It just, you know, maybe it's not up to your mom. You know, maybe it's your sexuality and it's not up to her at this point in your life, whether or not you decide to be sexually active. But for what it's worth... At this stage in your life, your mother still sees herself as being in charge of you sexually. And, you know, maybe she is technically. You know, you're 17 years old. You're not uh, 18. Uh, depending on where you are, you may be still technically legally a minor and not able to have sex and blah, blah, blah. So you're just going to have to do what 16, 17, and 18-year-olds living at home with mom and dad have done since time immemorial. And that's lie to mom and dad. If you want to go on this camping trip, you have to invent an elaborate lie that uh, somehow convinces your parents that you're somewhere else or you're with someone else and then go and do what you want. And then if you get caught, you have to pay the consequences. You have to deal with the shit storm. You have to deal with your mom and dad freaking out about you spending the night with this boy, about you lying to them, and then they're not going to trust you. And waka, waka, waka. And it's going to seem like the end of the world. And it won't be the end of the world because it happens to most people when they're teenagers and their parents eventually get the fuck over it. And so do you. So either that's really, you know, there's no magic words. You can, you know, if you told your mom you're a lesbian and that didn't put her at ease about you spending the night camping with a boy, there's nothing I can tell you to tell her that's going to make your mom feel at ease about you spending the night with a boy. Mom, he had his dick blown off in the war. Like nothing's going to make her comfortable with it. If I'm a lesbian, mom, I don't want to sleep with him. Didn't do the trick. So, again, your choice, don't go and, you know, feel upset and like, God, it's life's so unfair and your parents are so controlling and I hate my mom and dad because they wouldn't let me go on this camping trip. Or go and lie and then if you get caught, and you know what, you probably will get caught because almost everybody does, when you get caught, then you have to deal with the shitstorm and your parents being total dicks about everything that you do for the next probably 24 months to three years but then hopefully you're off at college and they can't control you anymore. But right now you're in high school and they're going to do their best to control you. And you're going to suffer and they're going to suffer. They're going to make your life hell. You're going to make their life hell. That's what high school is all about. So I really can't help you, I guess. It's a long answer. The short answer, uh, I really can't help you. But enjoy the camping trip. Well, that concludes this installment of the Savage Love Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed the fuck out of it. www.thestranger.com slash savage is the spot where you can download the Savage Love Podcast once a week. And the phone number, if you'd like to record a question for a future podcast, 206-201-2720. 
Also, a uh, program note, we uh, have a bunch of questions from virgins about virgin issues, so we've decided to do a whole show on the virginity thing, and uh, I'm actually going to get somebody to co-do the show with me who's sort of pro-virginity, and so hopefully sparks will be flying. So if you have a virgin question that you want to ask uh, me, who's sort of anti-virginity, and my guest, who's pretty rabidly pro-virginity, pretty passionately pro-virginity, uh, give us a call, 206-201-2720. Record your question, and we may feature your question on the upcoming Virgin Show.